Can you tell me the name of someone on earth who is great and powerful? I'm sure you're thinking about God. Well, there's someone who is great and powerful, and you're right. It is God. Now, there's many powerful people here on this earth. Prime minister, kings, queens, government officials. Those are people who have power to make decisions that affect a lot of people like you and me. But we know that God is the most powerful one. He is greater than all the kings and queens and prime ministers and presidents. And our verse today talks about God and his great power. Our memory verse for today is found in 1 John 4, 4. It says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. Now we can find this verse in the Bible, which is God's true word. In the front of the Bible, there is a table of contents. It's a list of all the names of the 66 books in the Bible. And it lists the name of the book and what page that book is on in your Bible. So if you don't know how to find 1 John, you can go to that page near the front of your Bible, the table of contents, and you can find 1 John. Then when you get to 1 John, you can find chapter 4 and then verse 4. 1 John is near the back of the Bible in the New Testament. And it was written by a man named John. And John was also used to write four other books in the Bible. He wrote the Gospel of John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and he wrote the book of Revelation. So he wrote five books in total, 1 John and four others. So our memory verse today says 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. Now, if you've received Jesus as your Savior, we've talked about how God comes to live in you. God is holy. That means he's perfect. And he hates sin. And even though Satan, God's enemy, has power in this world and he tries to get you to sin, God is much stronger than Satan. God can help you say no to saying doing and thinking wrong things. And God can help you say yes to doing right things that please him. Our memory verse says, greater is he that is in you. Greater is he that is in you. That's talking about God. If you've received Jesus as your savior, Jesus, God the son, comes to live in you. Greater is he that is in you. That's talking about God. The second part of the verse says, than he that is in the world. That's talking about Satan. Satan is in this world. He wants you to do things that are against God, that are wrong, that displease God. But God, he that is in you, if you believed in Jesus, is greater than he that is in the world, and that's Satan. God is more powerful than Satan. If you've never received Jesus, he died on the cross to take the punishment for your sin. You can receive him as your savior today. Then you will have God living in you and he can give you power to say no to sin. But if you've already believed in Jesus and received him, God is living in you. He is all powerful. He's with you all the time. And you can ask him to help you say no when you're tempted to do wrong things. So let's say our verse again. 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
1 John 4 4. Let's say it again. 1 John 4 4. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John 4 4. So do you remember what it means? It means that God is more powerful than Satan. If you believed in Jesus, God comes to live in you. And so when we say greater is he that is in you, that's talking about God. If you've received Jesus as your Savior, God comes to live in you, to help you say no to sin. Satan is in this world to try to get you to sin, but God is more powerful than Satan. If you were going on a long trip, what would you pack? Would you pack clothes, toothbrush, toothpaste, your brush, your soap, your towel, your pillow, your blanket? What would you take on your long trip? Maybe you could think of if you're going camping, what would you take? You could take a variety of things. Joseph was going on a long trip, but he didn't have a chance to pack anything. Remember how he was sold to those merchants? And now he was on his way to Egypt. Joseph had been sold by his brothers to these merchants, this caravan of merchants, this large traveling group or caravan of merchants. And now he was taken far away to Egypt. And there he was sold as a slave. Joseph's new owner who bought him as a slave was named Potiphar. Now, the Bible says that Potiphar was an officer for Pharaoh. Pharaoh was the king of Egypt. Potiphar was an officer for Pharaoh. Potiphar was the captain of Pharaoh's bodyguard. Wow, it sounds like Potiphar was a very powerful man. Of course, he wouldn't be as powerful as the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, but Potiphar was still a very powerful man. He worked for the king of Egypt, Pharaoh. So, Potiphar would have been a wealthy man. He probably had a beautiful home near the palace where Pharaoh lived. And Potiphar, he owned a lot of money, land, animals, slaves. Joseph must have been amazed when he arrived at Potiphar's house. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us what jobs Joseph did, but I'm sure that Joseph worked hard. And as a new slave, he may not have gotten very nice jobs. Maybe he got the worst jobs, the one that nobody wanted to do. Time passed, and Potiphar began noticing that Joseph did good work. He also noticed something else about Joseph, that God was with him and helping him to do his work well. Joseph was different from the other slaves because he worked to please God. His attitude was different because Joseph knew the one true God as his Savior. Potiphar was so pleased that he put Joseph in charge of everything he owned in his house and fields. 
The Bible says here that the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now, prosperous there means that he had success in everything he did. And his master, Potiphar, saw that the Lord was with Joseph, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house and all that he had put into his hand. So Potiphar put Joseph in charge of everything he owned, his house, his whatever Potiphar had. He let Joseph be in charge of it. Because Potiphar realized, Joseph has success. He is prosperous in whatever he does. Potiphar trusted Joseph so much that Potiphar didn't even need to think about what he owned. He knew that if Joseph was in control of it, Joseph would take care of it. He trusted Joseph. Joseph had become Potiphar's favorite slave, but he also became someone else's favorite. Potiphar's wife had noticed that Joseph was strong and handsome, and day after day she watched him do his work around her home. And even though she was married to Potiphar, she thought about how much she would enjoy being alone with Joseph, and she began having strong feelings toward him. One day Potiphar's wife told Joseph what she was thinking about him. She was a selfish woman. She wanted her own way. She was willing to do anything to get what she wanted, and she wanted Joseph. What she wanted was sin. You were born wanting to sin, too. Sin is breaking God's laws in what you say, think, and do. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 7.20, For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. No one is perfect like God who is holy. God is holy. He is without any sin. And whether you sin in your thoughts or in your actions or in your words, you sin against God. God says the punishment for sin is separation from him forever in a terrible place. But the one true God who created heaven and earth, he loves you. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 8, that God is love. He created you. He knows you. He loves you. He knew you couldn't get rid of your sin by yourself. So he sent his son Jesus to this earth for you. The Lord Jesus is God the Son. He lived a sinless life, and then he willingly died a terrible death. He was nailed to a cross. God punished his own son for your sin. The Bible says in Revelation 1, 5, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Wow. Jesus washed us, or he can forgive us of our sins because he bled and died and gave his blood on the cross for our sins. Jesus bled and died so that your sin could be taken away, and God accepted Jesus' death as payment for your sin. Jesus was buried in a tomb, but on the third day he came alive again. He was seen by hundreds of people, and then he returned to heaven, where he is alive today, ruling as king. You can receive Jesus as your Savior from sin. You can become God's child. God will change you so your life is pleasing to Him. How wonderful! God made a way for your sin to be forgiven. Even though you were born wanting to sin and Potiphar's wife wanted to sin, 
She told Joseph she wanted to be with him, even though she was married to Potiphar. And Joseph answered quickly. He said, your husband, trust me, he doesn't even know what he owns, since I'm in charge of it all. How could I take his wife from him and commit this great sin against God? God helped Joseph make the hard choice of saying no to temptation. Now, what is temptation? Temptation is when you have that strong feeling to do something wrong. Have you ever had to make a hard decision to say no to temptation? If you've received the Lord Jesus as your Savior, God can help you to say no to temptation. There are many kinds of temptation. You might face them every day. Maybe you're tempted to look at websites, TV shows, or pictures that you should not see. Maybe you're tempted to make friends with people that you know would not be good friends to have. Maybe you're tempted by other things like stealing to get what you want or lying to others so you won't get in trouble. Being tempted by those things is not sin. Sometimes you can't help what you see or what pops into your head. But when you keep looking at those things or thinking about them, it is sin. If you sin in your thoughts, soon you will want to do sinful things. God wants you to keep your thoughts pure or clean. This is God's plan for you because he loves you. He knows the best way for you to live. And the Bible says denying ungodliness, that's things against God, and worldly lusts, we should live soberly. Soberly means self-controlled. We should have control. God can help us to have control of what we say and think and do. God wants us to live righteously. Righteously means without sin. God wants us to live godly. And that means to be like God in this present world. God wants you and me to deny ungodliness. That's things against God. He wants us to, to deny worldly lusts. What is that? Worldly lusts means those sinful desires that you have to do what you want instead of what God wants. God wants you to live his way. God's enemy, Satan, can make sin look like a good thing sometimes when it's really not a good thing. Saying no to temptation is sometimes a hard decision to make. Now God helped Joseph make the hard choice of saying no to temptation. He told Potiphar's wife that he couldn't do this wrong thing and sin against God. But she continued to tempt him. Day after day, she spoke to Joseph. She begged him to be with her. It must have been hard for Joseph to face this temptation over and over. But the Bible says that Joseph refused to listen to her or to be with her alone. Joseph cared more about pleasing God than about pleasing Potiphar's wife. God was with Joseph, and God was helping him to stay strong and resist this temptation. But one day, Joseph had some work to do in Potiphar's house, and no one else was there except Potiphar's wife. And this time, she was determined to have her own way. She took hold of Joseph's coat, and she begged him once again to be with her alone. And Joseph did the only right thing he could do. He slipped out of his coat, and he ran. He ran from that house, and he just ran to get away from her. When Joseph could no longer avoid the temptation, he ran away from it. And sometimes you too 
might need to get away from temptation. If you have received Jesus as your Savior, God can help you say no to temptation. He can give you the strength to say no because our memory verse today, 1 John 4, 4, says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. You see, even though God's enemy, Satan, tempts you, God, who lives in you, is stronger. And God lives in you if you've believed in him as your Savior. Now, when you're tempted to do wrong things, what should you do? Well, I'll give you some things to do. The first thing you should do is you should read God's word to find out what God says about that thing. The second thing is avoid the temptation. Don't go to that place where you're tempted to do that wrong thing. Stay away from those websites, those TV shows, the pictures that you shouldn't look at. Stay away from people who encourage you to do wrong things. And if the people won't leave you alone, tell somebody, tell an adult that you trust that can help you with that. The third thing you should do is say no. Don't be afraid to speak up and say no to those temptations or to the people who are tempting you. When you say no to the temptations, you're really also saying no to Satan in the name of the Lord Jesus, who has power over Satan. And the fourth thing you need to do is run away from the temptation. If you find yourself in a bad situation, leave, go home, or call someone to come and get you from wherever you are. The longer you stay around that temptation, the more likely you'll give in and you'll do it. When temptations come, Ask God to help you say no, even if it means running from the temptation. Joseph ran when he could no longer avoid the temptation from Potiphar's wife. She was left behind. She was holding Joseph's coat in her hand. You can imagine how angry she was to think that a slave would run away from her and disobey her like that. She would get even with him. Potiphar's wife began to to call for the other servants. And some of the servants came and they rushed to see what was wrong. And she said, look, that young slave tried to attack me. When I screamed, he left his coat and he ran away. She kept the coat until Potiphar, her husband, came home. And she told Potiphar the same lie about Joseph. And Potiphar got very angry. He even did something to Joseph. He put him in the royal prison. Wow. Joseph could easily have thought that God was no longer with him. He could have become angry at God. He could have complained about what happened to him after he had tried to obey, but he didn't. Joseph knew he had done the right thing, and he must have known that God still had a plan for his life. Joseph continued to obey God and make the best of this difficult situation. And Joseph actually became a favorite of the prison keeper of the guard of the prison. God was with Joseph even in prison, and God honored him for saying no to temptation. The prison keeper put Joseph in charge of the other prisoners. He didn't worry about the other prisoners because he knew he could trust Joseph to take care of things. God was helping Joseph be successful. God's plan for Joseph's life was good even though he was going through this difficult situation. God gave him strength to say no to temptation. And if you've received Jesus as your Savior, 
God can help you say no to temptation. Perhaps you're tempted to look at websites or TV shows or pictures that show things you shouldn't look at. Maybe you're tempted in other ways like stealing or lying. When temptations come, don't spend time thinking about them. Ask God for his help and use those four steps that I shared with you earlier. Number one, read God's word. Number two, avoid the temptation. Try to get away from it. Three, say no. Don't do it. Say no. And four, run from the temptation. It isn't always easy, but God will help you. Remember our verse today, as that can encourage you too. 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. Now the strength to say no to temptation, that's given by God. But it's only given to those who have received him as their savior. But today there's good news. If you haven't received Jesus yet, you can do it today. You can become God's child. You have sinned against God, but Jesus came to take the punishment for your sin by dying on the cross. He was buried, but on the third day he came alive. And the Bible says in John 1.12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. To receive Jesus means to trust in him as the only one who can forgive your sin. And when you do that, God gives you the power, the right, the authority to become his child. Now you'll still be part of the family that you were born into, but you'll also be part of God's family and God's child too. Only then, when you receive Jesus, will God change you so you can live for him. Will you turn to God from your sin? Will you receive Jesus as your Savior? If you would like to do that today and receive Jesus as your Savior and believe in him, you can tell him something like this and truly mean it. Dear Jesus, I have sinned and I am sorry. I believe you died and rose again. I receive you as my Savior. Please change me on the inside to live your way with your help. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a wonderful decision to receive Jesus as your Savior. And it's a decision that no one else can make for you. You have to choose to make that decision for yourself. If you would like to read about Joseph and this situation with Potiphar's wife right from the Bible, you can find it in Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 to 23. Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 to 23. And you can read about it right from the Bible. Well, that's all for this time. I'll see you next time. Bye.